Hi, this is Pastor Bill Woods, and I wanted to apologize for missing last week's podcast. I will let you know what happened. You know, in the over two years that I've been putting out this podcast, I've never missed one episode. That is until last week, December 24th, 2023, when suddenly I found I couldn't fulfill my self-imposed obligations. Actually, everything changed on the afternoon of December 17th. December 17th was the day I was trying to get everything organized to fulfill my duties. I was studying for my next podcast. I was planning for my morning sermon at at my beloved First Baptist Church here in Holbrook. I was finalizing plans for a lovely Christmas Eve candle service, and I was deciding how to schedule my appointments on Wednesday of that week. It is amazing how quickly plans change and suddenly you become aware that maybe everything isn't hinging on you like you thought it was and your ability to meet deadlines is not the most important thing for the world. I was in my socks and was walking across the slick wooden floor in my house when I began to slip. I went down very hard to the floor. My right leg was in a grotesque position across my chest, and I knew that I was in trouble. I laid on the floor until Marty got an ambulance there from Winslow, Arizona. When I arrived in Winslow, they x-rayed me. The femur bone, or the thigh bone, which is the biggest bone in the body, was broken in two, just like a piece of kindling would be. I was transported to the Phoenix Abrezzo Hospital by helicopter, and and in a little over... An hour was in surgery. From there, I was taken to the rehab facility, and I have that in quotes, on Lake Pleasant Road on, in Peoria, Arizona. There I spent a very long and ugly week, completely devoid of any Christmas festivities. I missed all the celebrations with my church, with my family, and everyone I would normally celebrate and worship with. I felt like the story written by J. Edgar Park called The Man Who Missed Christmas. So that you understand that I'm reading this story because it seems to fit my occasion of missing the entire Christmas holiday, I am not plagiarizing, and I will add some more of my own comments at the end. The story goes like this. It was Christmas Eve, and as usual, George Mason was the last to leave the office. He walked over to the massive safe, spun the dial, swung the heavy door open, making sure the door would not close behind him. He stepped inside. A square of white cardboard was taped just above the topmost row of strong boxes. On the card, a few words were written. George Mason stared at those words, remembering. Exactly one year ago, he had entered this selfsame vault and then became uh, behind his back slowly, noiselessly, and ponderous door swung shut. He was trapped, entombed in the sudden and terrifying dark. He hurled himself at the unyielding door, his hoarse cry sounding like an explosion. Through his mind flashed all the stories he had heard of men found suffocated in time vaults. No clock controlled this mechanism. The safe would remain locked until it was opened from the outside tomorrow morning. Then he realized something that had just suddenly hit him. No one would come tomorrow. Tomorrow was Christmas. 
Once more he flung himself at the door, shouting wildly, trying to say, uh, until he sank on his knees, exhausted. Silence came high-pitched, singing silence that sounded deafening. More than 36 hours would pass before anyone came. 36 hours in a steel box, three feet wide, eight feet long, seven feet high. Would the oxygen last? Perspiring and breathing heavily, he felt his own way around the, the floor. Then he in the far right corner, just above the floor, he found a small circular opening. Quickly, he thrust his finger into it and felt faint but unmistakable, a cool current of air. The tension release was so sudden that he burst into tears. But at last he sat up. Surely he would not have to stay trapped for the full 36 hours, would he? Somebody would miss him. But who? He was unmarried. He lived alone. The maid who had cleaned his apartment had uh, was just a servant. He had always treated her as such. He had been invited to spend Christmas Eve with his brother's family, but the children got on his nerves, and, and they expected presents. A friend had asked him to go to a home for elderly people on Christmas Day and play the piano. George Mason was a good musician, but he had made some excuse or other of why he intended to sit in, at home and listening to some new recordings that he was giving to himself for Christmas. George Mason dug his nails into the palms of his hands until the pain balanced all the misery of his mind. Nobody would come and let him out. Nobody, nobody, nobody was going to come. Miserably, the whole of Christmas Day went by and the succeeding night. On the morning after Christmas, he heard the clerk come into the office at the usual time, open the safe, then went on into his private office. No one saw George Mason stagger out, of the cor out into the corridor, run to the water cooler, and drink great gulps of water. No one paid any attention to him as he left and took a taxi home. Then he shaved and he took uh, changed his wrinkled clothes and ate breakfast and returned to his office where his employees greeted him casually. That day he met several acquaintances and talked to his own brother. Grimly, the truth closed in on George Mason. He had vanished from human society, and during the great festival of brotherhood, no one had missed him at all. Reluctantly, George Mason began to think about the true meaning of Christmas. Was it possible that he had been blind all these years with selfishness, indifference, and pride? was not giving after all the essence of Christmas because it marked the time God gave his son to the world. All through the year that followed, they, with little hesitant deeds of kindness, with small unnoticed acts of unselfishness, George Mason tried to prepare himself. Now once more it was Christmas Eve. Slowly he backed out of the safe, closed it. He touched his grim steel face tightly, almost affectionately, and left the office. There he goes now in his black overcoat and hat, the same George Mason as a year ago, or, or is it? He walks a few blocks and flags a taxi, anxious not to be late. 
his nephews are expecting him to come to help them trim the tree. Afterwards, he has taken his his brother and his sister-in-law to Christmas play. And then why is it he's so happy? Why does this jostling against others laden as he is with bundles exhilarate and delight him? Perhaps the card has something to do with it. The card he taped inside the office safe last New Year's Day. On the card is written in George Mason's own hand, to love people, to be indispensable somewhere. That is the purpose of life. That is the secret of happiness. Well, there's George's story. I feel like I like I missed a, a important opportunity to celebrate the commercial Christmas just like he did. I missed it this year with all the gifts, parties, and fellowship we enjoy each year. The one thing I want to add, though, to my sorrowful story is that even though I missed the fun, I have not missed the reason for the season. I know that Christ on Christmas personally, and will, I know him personally, and will celebrate his birth for all eternity. I, I, I know that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but ever have everlasting life. And my question is, what could make a better Christmas than knowing that my sins are forgiven and my name is in his book of life? Would you pray with me? Dear Jesus, I pray that you help us each one to catch the true meaning of why you came to earth, why we celebrate Christmas, and why, Lord, you provided such a wonderful plan of salvation for each one of us. Speak to our hearts. Help each one, Lord, that's listening to make sure that they know you as their personal Savior. I'm going to give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this is short today because the fact that uh, I'm still kind of, well, I'm not still kind of laid up. I am laid up. I don't know when I'll be able to get back preaching at the church. I don't know when I'm going to be able to fulfill my other obligations, but I do know that I've got a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and I do know that I hope you do too. If you want to get in touch with me, well, write to me, Box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. Or you can email me with the lowercase R-E-V-W-M-W-W-O-O-D-S at gmail.com. Or you can use the phone number that I have, 623-845-2741, to either call me or text me. If you happen to try to get in touch with me and I don't get back to you right away, try again. At this moment, I'll probably be laid up for several weeks, and I would appreciate your prayers for me. I love you. God bless you, and I hope you have a very happy new year.